night. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. I'm Taylor Tomlinson. I don't have time to do this, but we're doing it. Brianna's here, my producer. So excited. Um, I do feel like if you have a podcast now, you have to like justify having one because there's so many. It's it's weird because if you don't have a podcast, at least as a stand-up comedian, everybody's like, what are you doing? Bare minimum, you should have a podcast. And then you feel like a lazy piece of shit. But then if you start one, everyone's like, you're late? Why would you add more? Like you're just piling on to the already way too many podcasts. It's like an oversaturated market. I also am not at the point in my career or at the point in my self-esteem journey that I feel like I can just start a podcast called The Taylor Tomlinson Show, which is the dream to get to that point. So I did feel like if I ever was going to start a podcast, I wanted it to be fun for me. I wanted it to have a loose theme so that it was something that kept me engaged. And I don't do well with like purposeless, open-ended projects. I I can't keep that going for myself. And I I need it to be easy because I'm very, very busy. I have a lot of things going on. Not to sound like one of those people who's like, I have a lot going on, but I do. I'm on the road every week and I am living between two cities and I am developing projects I can't talk about. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot to do. And I like going on other people's podcasts because a lot of times it's how you get to know people that you're fans of. Like there are so many people that I know of in this business that I don't even think I've met or I've met like once or twice. And we're like, well, have we met? It's like, oh, no, we've only DM'd on Instagram. So in that way, I, I do like the idea of having a podcast where I could invite people I'd like to befriend a little bit and make them talk to me for an hour. Um, but I'd also like to be able to just do it solo whenever I want. Whether or not I have the talent for that, we're about to find out. But I want this to be fun. I want it to be easy. I want it to be something that feels like me, something that feels like authentic to what I'm doing and what I'm going through at the moment. And the genesis of this podcast really is that I had a week in New York that I was extremely sad, like just rock bottom depressed. And it was not the first time I felt that way in New York. Um, But I have been back and forth between New York and L.A., Um, really for the last like two years but more recently in the last six months it has been like I live in two places I have two homes and then on the weekends I'm on the road in one to three different cities on this theater tour now and it's a lot and it's very isolating and New York City in itself is very isolating and I had gotten to this point where I was so lonely here that if people recognized me on the street, I would make them talk to me for longer than I think they were even comfortable. I had a night that I did a few spots at the Comedy Cellar, and I had maybe like 45 minutes between the second and third, and I ran into these two sisters who had just come to the show, and they were like, oh my gosh, I don't even think we took a picture. That's how long I spent talking their ear off. They they were, oh, you're great. We're fans, whatever. She introduced me to you. I love meeting sisters because I love my siblings. And I just started going, 
so where are you guys from? Why do you live here? Like, I just found myself asking everybody I ran into in New York, what are you doing here? Because I was so sad and I'm so, I'm so determined to love it here, but it is really hard. And so I was asking them and they were both originally from Colorado and one of them had moved here by herself and then the other one followed her with her husband and then during the pandemic the first sister who had moved here had moved back home to Colorado and I was like well are you going to move back here to New York and she goes no I think I was here for six years I did my time like it's prison and I was like did you like it Brianna I'm, I'm going to need you to laugh into the microphone I'm, I'm I know this is our first so episode. so hard not to laugh into the microphone because you, I'm a fan of yours <laughs> just outside of this. So essentially everything you say, I'm going to be like, <clears throat> Brianna, if you think that I want you to muffle your laughter <laughs> on this podcast, you are sorely mistaken. Okay. I mean, right in. I, this is, we're figuring it out together. This is our <laughs> podcast, Brianna. If we have a guest every once in a while, pff, they're a guest on our podcast. Okay. So I'm here. But yeah, Brianna kept kept literally covering her mouth as if my entire life and career isn't based on the fact that I desperately need validation. So, <laughs> but yeah, she was like, I did my time. I was there for six years. And I said, did you like it? And she said, I think she said for the first three, I didn't. And for the second three, I really did. And I was like, it takes three years. Because if it takes somebody a year to like it in New York City, for me, as somebody who's spending like, I don't know, let's say 40% of my time here and then maybe 30 on the road and then another 30 in L.A. Is that the math, Brianna? I did not finish college. I think you're there. Okay, thank God. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Let me do the wrong math so we get a bunch of DMs <laughs> correcting me. That's how we keep the engagement up. Um, But yeah, I really like... I know a lot of people who have spent time here and a lot of people say they really like visiting New York, but they wouldn't live here or they wouldn't live here again. And I I really want to like it here. And so my initial idea for this podcast that I talked to Brianna about while aimlessly walking the streets <laughs> by myself, talking to her, keeping her on the phone too long, quite frankly, because I was like, after this, I have nothing today. Um, I was like, I want to do a podcast about trying to like it here in New York. And like, I can talk about the things I did in New York that week and like, you know, places I found and things I like. And that didn't feel quite broad enough. And so I've, I started thinking about the idea more. And I wanted also to be able to talk about my experience on the road because I am going to all these cool cities and some not so cool cities and trying to be better about experiencing things. And already, just in the last few weeks that we've been talking about doing this podcast, that alone has motivated me to, in some cases, sacrifice sleep. Uh, because a lot of times it would be a time I was napping. But it has motivated me to go out and do like a fun thing in the city I'm in. Even if I only have a few hours to do it. Because people are always sending me recommendations of what to do when I'm in their city. And I want to do them because everybody asks you when you travel for a living, you know, oh, what's your favorite city? What's your favorite thing to do there? Do you you've been to Chicago? What do you like about Chicago? And I'm like, I can tell you the hotel I like <laughs> in Chicago. You could stay there. 
They have room service till midnight, which is when I'm saddest. <laughs> Do you want to know where you can get popcorn at 1 a.m. delivered to your room in a plate bowl? Because I know where that is. And so I, I really wanted to broaden it to then like, OK, let's talk about whatever city I was in that week. And then I, I started just like reading a bunch of articles. And this this is how I prepare for things. I go online and I try to find people, usually other white women in their 20s, who feel exactly how I feel. So I feel less alone. And I I realized that a lot of people in their 20s and in their 30s are now like having trouble figuring out where they want to live because it's never been easier to live wherever you want, especially in light of the pandemic. I think during the pandemic, a lot of people moved home. A lot of people were obviously confined to their homes. So at the very least, you wanted to upgrade your living space. And then beyond that, you were like, life is short. I'm going to die. And where do I want to spend my time? Like, where do I want my home base to be? A lot of people lost their jobs, had to pivot in that way. Some people probably had to move out of necessity. But I know a lot of people who moved back home really liked it. I know people who moved home and liked it, but then really missed L.A. or New York. I know people who moved to Austin during that time for comedy. Like people just realize that they can live wherever they want. And now with the Internet, people are meeting people and doing long distance relationships. I mean, the biggest reason I'm bicoastal is that I'm in a long distance relationship with someone who's not going to move <laughs> to Los Angeles ever. So that was sort of the jumping off point for me to be bicoastal this is like a trial period for me to see if i can do it because bicoastal i don't know if that's something you can do forever especially when you tour every weekend like i do so i do need to kind of zig or zag in terms of like where are you going to spend most of your time especially if you want to have kids or something but the more i was like reading and let's be honest when i say reading i mean like watching tiktoks with a hashtag on it um <laughs> you just realize like everybody has this dream place in their head that they want to live. And if you're lucky, it's your hometown. So you don't have to go anywhere. But I was looking up like the New York City hashtag on TikTok and every comment under these videos of people living in New York or even LA or wherever is like, you're living my dream. I want to live there. That's what I want. This is exactly what I want my life to look like. And so I think like social media has made it easy to have this this fantasy life built up in your head that you can go to and and aspire to and then also just in your 20s you move a lot like i was engaged a couple years ago a few years ago now and when that fell apart i felt like a failure and i felt like oh my gosh this is so embarrassing and this never happens to people people go through with it every time and then when I started doing jokes about it on stage, so many people in their 20s were like, I was engaged for a year. I was engaged for this amount of time. And that's kind of how I felt researching for this podcast where I was like, oh, a lot of people are moving a lot in their 20s and 30s. And a lot of people are like revamping their lives and like going to visit. My my baby sister just decided that she's going to like move. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, we, we, we're probably going to do that. I'm like, what she's like just for a year just to see how i like it and i'm like what like you can't you have to stay where i can visit you 
even though that's pretty close to New York in terms of flights. But I had a friend in high school, too, where she had this idea of like, I want to go to college in San Francisco and then moved there and like started vlogging about it and really loved it and really made it look like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do. I wanted to move to San Francisco. And I I think moving is an easy way for people to sort of start over and feel like they can now adopt any personality they want to have. Because, I mean, when I'm in New York, I'm like, could I be this person? And I felt that way in L.A. when I first moved to L.A. And I grew up in California, so it wasn't like a huge move. But I didn't like my first year and a half in L.A. And I forget that sometimes. I was talking to my best friend that week that I was having a hard time in New York. And she goes, it takes a long time to like somewhere new. It takes a long time to feel like you live there and belong there and you're doing it in shorter spurts. So that made me feel better and less hopeless about it. Because when you have a particularly bad week here, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like this when they move, you're like, what did I do? The city can be rough. Dude, it is. I moved into an apartment and they didn't have blinds on the windows. There were no blinds. There were no curtains. And they were weirdly shaped windows. (laughs) They were like not easy to furnish. (laughs) And I spent so much time trying to get curtains up in that apartment i like went to pottery barn with measurements i was like i'm gonna do this right i'm gonna hire somebody (laughs) and then i like spent all this money trying to put curtains up only to buy like a cheap rod that was adjustable online and put up curtains that honestly don't even fit i had to buy a second (laughs) a second panel of curtains to put in the middle because they didn't go all the way across and you it's just such a hassle to get there that you're like i don't I don't even want to spend the time to do this all over again. And I remember I was at Pottery Barn being helped by this lovely woman. And I was like, there are no blinds in my apartment. Is that normal here? And she goes, yeah, New York really makes you work for it. Like she said it like she was talking about some bitch. Yeah. Some like some like mean girl who wants you to prove you can date her or something. <laughs> Chelsea really makes you work for it. But she's worth it because she's so hot and cool. Like. <laughs> And moving into a place when you were on the road as much as I am is already a nightmare because you're never home. It took forever to set up my L.A. apartment. And I got a New York apartment thinking like, this will be fun. It'll be a different space for me, but it'll still be mine. Took like four months. Like my lease is basically up. It took so long. It took half a year to get it to a place where it's livable. There's still no art on the walls. It took forever But you have this romantic idea in your head of like, I'm going to be somebody with it's going to have, you know, muted tones. I'm going to have earth tones in this apartment (laughs) and, you know, plants everywhere. And then you're like, they'll die. So then you're like, I'll get fake ones. And you're like, this doesn't look real. It's just a white hot nightmare. But I, I did find an article on apartment therapy, which is also a great follow on Instagram. If you're into like interior design shows, which I am Mm -hmm. great interior design challenge. I think you can get it on Amazon Prime. But I think it's a thing where you have to like subscribe to a channel that's like Home and Garden BBC or something (laughs) like that. So this is from Apartment Therapy and it's called The 10 Moves Everyone Makes in Their 20s. Number one, the boomerang move, which is when you move home, you spend a few months convincing your parents how adult you've become until eventually everyone falls back into their old routines. Luckily, I did not do this during the pandemic because I was quarantined with a partner. I definitely would have probably moved home just because I would have gone crazy by myself. 
That is so crazy to me. Really? I I would do anything not to go back home. But you're married. You're happy. (laughs) You know, like, think about if you were single and you had to quarantine by yourself. Do you think you would have just stayed alone in your apartment for five months? No, but I, I, I think the home thing is it definitely depends on, you know, what kind of situation you came from, for sure. Yes. But like I tried so desperately to get out of there that right. the thought to go back would be like I'd have to be in a real hard place. Oh, I wouldn't have wanted to go back. I would have gone back in the same way like you have to go to the hospital so you don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Like, truly, I yeah. would have gone, I would have lost it by myself for five months. Um, but yeah, otherwise, no, I don't, you don't want to do that. But when I first moved out, I went home a lot because my siblings still lived at home. So I would, I would boomerang back and forth between LA and home a lot. And now I'm like, I never need to go back. Like, Brianna, where did you grow up? I grew up in Louisville, Ohio. You grew up in Ohio. I did. You did. She said with shame in her voice. So many cornfields. <laughs> literally like just (laughs) such a small farm town and you never want to go back do you now living in the city like sort of romanticize it sometimes really i should have just stayed on a farm not so much ohio because i I lived in rochester new york Mm. um which was a little bit city a little bit suburban more than like country and i romanticized that part of my life um and how big the grocery stores were but ohio no no i was just in cleveland and like Cleveland's cool for like two days. Sure. I think. Yeah. I did two cool things. But then you've seen them and it's done. And it's done. I mean, it's fine. I did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The best. The best time. Dustin, who opens for me, we both went. He'll be on this podcast at some point. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I I bought a jacket in I the gift it. shop. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. And then I wore it on stage to justify the choice. I think it's a flex, honestly. Really? I think it's such a okay, flex. Good. Yeah. I felt like I was buying ears <laughs> at Disneyland. I felt like such a loser Like once I got back. But I'm like, I kind of think this will look good on stage. And then on stage, it, it looks like a, like a Juicy Couture velour tracksuit top. But I was like, it'll look cool on stage because it's like gray. And then on stage... I realized, I said to the crowd, I went, you know what I just realized I like about this jacket? It kind of looks like the Harry Potter invisibility cloak. I didn't even put those two together, but yeah. That's what I think I liked about it. But you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they have all these outfits of all these rock stars. And like, it's so cool. They have like Frankie Valli's jacket. They have Elton John's jacket. Like they had all these cool jackets and clothes. And so when you get to the gift shop, you see that and you're like, I mean... I'm an entertainer. I do. I'm basically co-workers with Elton John. I'm doing a theater tonight. Right. And then you get out of there and you're like, this is probably too shiny for what I'm doing. <laughs> it's not. You're not Elton John. <laughs> not that this jacket is even something Elton John would wear, but it, it was like a little bit more risky for me because it, it looks like a tracksuit, but it looks like cool. I still don't know. I look at pictures of it and I'm like, this looks great. And then other times I look at it and I'm like, who are you? Like (laughs) Carmela Soprano? Like it's, I still don't know how I feel about it. I also, I found, we were in Atlanta a couple weeks ago and I found like a cropped denim jacket with like patches on it. And I almost bought it, but then I couldn't because I was like, you can't pull this off. It's like too cool for you. Not quite nice enough for a theater. I'm really trying to figure out what 
kind of person I am on stage too now that I'm in theaters because I feel like you have to dress better but I don't know what me dressing better looks like I mean it's the same for New York you think you're gonna dress a certain way in New York oh my gosh I totally had this idea of living here I could have sworn that Sarah Jessica Parker was in every like <laughs> suburban that I couldn't see into the back with like yes. back of. I was like, that's probably going to be her one day. <laughs> and she'll probably roll down the window and be like, you look good. Do you want to like come be my best friend? And I would just hop in and I would, I, you know, we'd fall in love or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I, I tried. I tried really hard when I first moved here to wear like nice shoes and stuff. Yeah. And I biffed it in Midtown and scraped my knee, <gasps> cut my pants. Um, and I so then I said no more heels. That is so funny and so sad. Yeah. That sex in the city. We should sue. Honestly, it's so. Brianna's laughing. She leaned <laughs> away from the mic. So that you guys don't think she is, but she is. We should we should all sign a petition. They owe us. I don't understand how nobody at HBO was like, should we really be putting her in this many heels? Puffy dresses. And puffy dresses. This is not how people are walking around in the city. No. It's just not. And you can't. And I had the same thing where I'm like, I'm going to dress really cool in New York. And I'm like, I'm wearing layers and fanny packs. Every every pair of shoes I have now, I bought all these sandals for summer. And I was like, I can't have my feet out here. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's so gross. And the people you see in New York who still look good and also seem like comfortable, just... I can't even wrap my head around it. I don't know. So here are the other moves you make in your 20s. Uh, which number two, the move to the big city. You've escaped your hometown and college town. That's another thing. You have a hometown and you have a college town. Did you have that? I went to college as an adult. You went to college as an adult? Yeah. So I was already living so brave. in... I was living in <laughs> Rochester at the time. And that's about how long it took for me to figure out uh, mid-20s that... I guess I do have to go to college. <laughs> I was hoping, I was really hoping it wouldn't have to happen. And I was like, well, I guess I, I have to make this happen now. Um, so I started when I was 26. Oh, okay. Yeah. And actually never finished because we started the business uh, at 29. And so I was like, <laughs> never needed it. College is such a racket, you guys. If you're listening to this right now or watching it and you were like 15, oh, first off, do your homework, but also you don't need to go to college. I... I had a 4.1 GPA in oh high school, didn't have like a dream college that I wanted to go to, just thought college was going to be better, just had this idea in my head. Again, mm -hmm. what kind of person are you going to be? I'm like, nobody gets me here. I'm so funny, <laughs> but quiet. I'm going to go to college. Everyone's going to get it. And I just, I thought I was going to go to college and like be in the drama department and like be this whole other person. And I got to college and I just didn't like it. And it wasn't it, it wasn't who I was. It wasn't what I wanted. I went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, which is great if you're like pretty and you like to hike. Like Zac Efron's little brother went there when I was there. And I'm like, this is not where I should be. <laughs> and then I went I moved home after that to go to community college for like a year and a half. And then I transferred to a Cal State because I was doing stand up during that time, too. And there was no place to do it in San Luis Obispo. And the best time I had in college was community college 
I that's where I started off was community college and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. It just felt like grown-ups. Mm-hmm. It felt like grown-ups going to school. I was commuting. I honestly liked commuting. I was commuting like 40 minutes. I was working a job or two and doing stand-up. I did um speech and debate. I did speech to entertain, which was essentially like stand-up, but you're just <laughs> talking about something informative. There was actually a girl who I competed against who was from another school in speech to entertain who moved here and i messaged her on instagram again so lonely <laughs> i messaged her on instagram and i was like hey if you ever want to like hang out and she was like oh my gosh yes and we hung out and it was great and then we both got busy and then i talked to her recently and she was like oh yeah we kind of moved back we're traveling she and her boyfriend are like traveling for a couple months in like a cool like tiktok vlogger van life kind of way and then they're going back to L.A. until like spring. And I was like, that's what this city does. They're like, here's a friend. Yep. No. And I was like, yeah. fine, I'll start a podcast. <laughs> a lot of people do this move to the city. And in this in this article, it says you're finally moving to the city you've always dreamed, except it's not like your dreams at all. <laughs> For some reason, you don't have that beautiful balcony overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge or those Greenwich Village steps or that trendy L.A. bungalow. Yeah. Your 20s, you like all these people on TikTok, by the way, who are posting their lives in New York. They're like, I want that. They all have trust funds like all these kids in Manhattan. Yeah. They grew up wealthy. Their parents are supporting them, which like whatever. Do what you got. That's fine. But that's a different life. Okay, that is a different thing. Okay, then this is my favorite. Number three is the building is so pretty. Move. <laughs> it just, just the idea that you would walk by a building. I've done this so many times. Just and you look at it and you go, "Oh my god, I just want to walk home to this," <laughs> which is so easy to do in New York. Oh yeah, there are so many. And when I go on the road too, there's so many like beautiful buildings that you're like do i buy a ticket <laughs> to go in and then it's just like offices or something <laughs> yeah. so good the number four is the last minute panic move when your landlord decides to suddenly sell your apartment and forgot to mention it to you is does this happen new york this sounds is, like a new york thing new york is insane i mean personally our apartment was like we're raising your rent by four hundred dollars what a and month just like what are you gonna do exactly what yeah that's crazy yeah during the pandemic i bet it was a little bit harder because i looked at so when i decided to get a place out here i basically was out here for like a couple days and at like two in the morning i just emailed all these different <laughs> listings and set up i was flying out in the afternoon the next day and i set up all these listing appointments and i woke up at like 7 a.m i got like three hours of sleep um my psychiatrist and I have now identified this as a hypomanic episode. Um, but at the time, I thought I was just like really motivated. <laughs> and uh, and that's the trouble now is like with mental health stuff is like I've talked to my therapist and my psychiatrist about it where they're like, well, you know, part of the reason it took us so long to figure out certain things is because, you know, you you don't make like terrible decisions. Yeah. You you make very strong decisions and you speak for a living so you can sort of like argue your way into making it sound like it's a good idea mm -hmm. that's kind of what i did in this case 
and they're like sometimes and, and a lot of times in my life i've i've been in a not so great state and i've just made like a really rash decision but it paid off so i'm like okay i'll just keep doing this <laughs> but in this instance i just set up all these appointments i think i looked at four or five apartments in the span of like three hours and i just went with the first one i looked at because i liked the building i liked the location um i don't have a great view but other than that i do like it and that building is very nice and it they emailed me for a couple weeks afterward like hey just seeing if you're interested which i thought was pretty needy for a new york apartment building yeah in a good location (laughs) just be like hey we're just we're just wondering do you still were you thinking about it i was like is this normal but it was i think it was pandemic stuff Mm -hmm. number five the i've had enough of everyone move that's when you don't want a roommate anymore you're like this is it i'm gonna get my own place and just spend more money and probably live worse yeah that's the thing is like would you would you rather have how long have you been married four years four years okay did you have a lot of bad roommate experiences oh boy i don't like living with people yeah i'm a control freak and can be a <laughs> she hard said with to a live hair with. flip <laughs> can be hard to live with <laughs> so i had to find the right person to compliment my neuroses and right. it, it and he does and it's actually That's kind good. of funny because i spend all my time with him we work together we live together he's just my best person so Aww. yeah like i but most people i can't like i can't be with for that long yeah. um so if i ever lived with someone it was short and then i just lived on my own yeah most of my 20s yeah i think if you're like a controlling person which i am too it's really hard to live with other people and i haven't lived with a ton of other people i lived with a girl i met on tumblr when i first moved to la we weren't even on tumblr anymore but i had met her on tumblr in high school because i was looking for other people who were doing stand-up and so she was doing stand-up and posting about it on tumblr she was like she was like blogging about it and then I like saw she was moving to L.A., I think. And I think we just decided to move in together and we had different jobs. She ended up being more into improv and she had a day job in like I.T. And so we didn't end up seeing each other a lot. We also like had our own rooms with our own bathrooms. Oh, that's so nice. Which was really nice. And then I'm and then I moved in with um, two of my sisters mm. for like a year and a half. And then I lived with my ex-fiance. So I guess I have lived with a a combination of people yeah um but once i started living by myself i guess i didn't live by myself until right before the pandemic i didn't even realize that and then as soon as the pandemic hit sam and i were together all the time then i lived with sam (laughs) so it was like (laughs) and now we and we do still but it 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 was nice having your own space for a minute but when you're in a long distance relationship when you guys are visiting like you're living together of course that's what you're doing yeah so i don't know if i ever had the i'm sick of everybody move i had the i have to get out of this apartment i shared with my ex-fiance because it's haunted with memories so i'm gonna move like over i emailed we were we were not even broken up yet we were in couples therapy and we i did not know certain things about my mental health at this Mm. point but i um I I emailed my building manager and I was like, is anything else in this building opening up? And she was like, actually, we do have one and it's over here. And I went, looked at it and I was like, I will take it. And then I went to Ireland for a week and a half for shows. And then I got back and had to move immediately. 
just to a different apartment in the same complex. But like, oh my gosh, that was that was a rash decision that I probably could have waited on. Um, but that apartment ended up being great because it's where I ended up quarantining because I just moved to a bigger one. Yeah. And like, thank God I did. But I mean, I wonder if that's on this list. I was going to say, is that one? On yes. Number, like number eight, seven, eight and nine. <laughs> number seven. Number seven was I can't believe I'm moving again where you have to move. You don't think you have to. And then eight and nine it, are the let's move in together move and the let's break up move. Oh so. I mean, do you remember when you guys moved in together? Yes. Was it like amazing? Was it just the best thing ever? Of course. But it was actually a little bit like, uh, I would say rushed Mm -hmm. because my, we met in June, July and my lease was ending in December. And so we were like, we're getting along really well because obviously it's brand new and you don't know if it's going to last or not. But I was like, so are we signing another year? Just me. And like, you don't want to be too assertive and like assume. Um, And he was like, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Like, let's do it. So we moved in technically after six months of dating. Wow. So, of course, we're still in the honeymoon phase. Like everything is perfect. It was honestly some of the best times i mean new york has been fun in different ways but not with apartments i hate new york city apartments neighbors i've never had to deal with neighbors like this before just the sounds and getting used to like we live down the street from a firehouse oh my gosh that's a lot all the time like there weren't enough sirens here (laughs) you're like where can we move where there's more sirens At this point, it's just white noise at <laughs> night. Much. Yeah. I, start, I started sleeping with a white noise app on because you, like, have to. Absolutely. It, it's crazy. Yeah, the moving in together, I've only lived... I, I guess I dated a guy for, like, a year and a half where he lived in San Diego and I lived in L.A. And so there was a lot of going back and forth with that and I was on the road a lot. So you end up staying at each other's places, but you're still not living together. There's still a difference with that for sure. But my ex-fiance and I, when we we moved in after five months, I think that was all very fast. Um, and I, I don't even know why we did it that quickly. I think we were just like, I didn't love his living situation. I lived outside of LA at that one, at that one point. So it wasn't even like we had to, but we were just like, oh my gosh, let's do it. And it was really fun. Like we had a great time. But yeah, once you like break up with someone you were living with, you're like, oh my God, I have to be careful about like mixing my life with someone else's because it doesn't always go your way. Sometimes it goes my way. A hundred percent. And also your life is so different from the normal lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't drive to your job Monday Mm -hmm. through Friday and then come back. It's not like you said, adjusting to New York has been different because you're not even really here to like be a part of it that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's hard to right now. What I'm having trouble with is it's hard for me to feel like I have a home base because I'm in a different time zone literally every three days. And to have two home bases is hard when you're not traveling on top of it for work. So I I feel like I'm being pulled in like three different directions. And one of them is LA and one of them is New York and then the other one is my job, which is wherever I am that weekend. And depending on where you are that weekend, it can either be amazing and great <laughs> or it can be 
like get me the hell out of here like i did a club in appleton wisconsin a few months ago it was like one of the last clubs i did and the club's very nice and the staffs they're very nice and but it's appleton there was like one good breakfast place and there was a wait <laughs> there was like a 45 minute wait and dustin and i were like this is should we go somewhere else i don't think you want this or chipotle for breakfast <laughs> it's by the mall the, the mall's not great so those weekends are the weekends you're like all right what am i doing out here you just feel like you're floating around it's really like it's really disorienting and then the number 10 the 10th move that you make in your 20s the oh my god i can't believe i live here now move this is this is like the perfect move, I guess. This is you never thought this day would come. You move into a place you actually love. It's beautiful, well-priced and on the third floor. So if you're not living on the third floor, it's not your dream. But I, I just love that they picked the third floor as like the perfect floor. Don't disagree, by the way. I like a floor that's high enough to where nobody could climb in your window, but low enough that if you jumped out, you'd be hurt but not dead yes you can escape you can escape but you can't be infiltrated yeah i mean that's interesting when we first moved here in hell's kitchen we lived on a third floor walk up and yeah that was nice because it also went up like seven or eight floors and i was like i'm not walking up seven flights of stairs like yeah that's not happening yeah <laughs> oh my new god Yorkers. when i do love new york I can't tell if I actually love it or if I'm just proud of myself for not hating it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when you're walking around, you're like, I did it. This is me now. This is awesome. <laughs> and then I get back to California and I feel so much more relaxed there that I go, do I even like New York or am I just proud of myself for when I do like it? You I know? completely understand what you're saying because so New York is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Every day is a challenge here. Mm -hmm. So if you live it, you're coming from another place. You're not born and raised here. It's not normal. Um, you're essentially winning every day that you don't have a mental breakdown. Yes. And you'll have the mental breakdowns. Like yes. the city will run you down some days, but every other day <laughs> you feel like proud. Yes. And like, why would you do this to yourself? Yes. <laughs> That's what we do here. Yeah, it is funny. Like, I almost want, like, a board on the wall that says, like, days without incident. <laughs> Just, like, days without meltdown in New York. Because now when I go back to L.A., it feels like a vacation. It feels like... It feels so restful. Even, like, doing spots there. Like, doing shows in New York, I do not feel as comfortable. I feel like I'm still auditioning for this, mm. like, comedy scene. Even though, you know, I'm doing very well the social media everyone knows of each other like yeah. nobody really cares nobody's thinking about you but you feel like people are judging you and in new york they kind of are honestly like you're if you are an insecure person who's afraid of being judged do not come here <laughs> because people are judging you like in la i don't think anyone's judging you because everyone in la thinks that they're like it like everyone in la is in their own movie. <laughs> in New York, I, I do think people are judging you. So hard. So hard. So hard. And you just have to get good with it. There's no like, just accept that nobody's judging you. You're fine. It's all in your head. It's not in your head. People in New York think you suck. <laughs> Especially if you're not from here. 
I learned pretty quickly that I should not say on stage, I'm from LA or like I'm from California. Nobody cares. <laughs> okay. You know why? Because they spent all day in New York. They spent all day with their shoulders hunched up here by their ears. They don't even have necks. <laughs> and you come in with your swan neck going, I'm from LA. They're like, we don't care. <laughs> Do a joke about the subway. I had my first panic attack on the subway a few weeks ago. That's the first place I ever had mine. Is it? And I didn't have a panic attack until I was, well, I moved here when I was 28, 9. So I didn't have my first one until I was like 30 and it was on the subway. Was it was it just normal subway travel or did something break down? Something was horribly broken and in like the worst place it could be under the water. <gasps> it was in between Brooklyn and the city. Oh and God. there's a point just to like add a little bit more to it where the train will tilt a little bit on its side when you're like going around a curve. That's where it stopped. No. So my body was like leaning against the poles and I had to hold this and it stopped and it was hot. It was like summer. Um, Absolutely not. It was like a 7 a.m. train too. So we were jam packed with people and I started breaking down. That is the most horrifying story that makes me feel bad because i just had one like going four stops oh <laughs> that was don't kind of feel busy. bad all of them are horrible <laughs> that one just happened to be extra extra horrible but the subway in general is just horrible that's so bad i don't i don't hate the subway i like it when everything goes right and there's not a lot of people on it if i'm on it when it's like people are breathing on your ear i'm like what are we all doing this is this is hell yes but I just ha I think I was just having a rough mental health day and I was on my way to a show and I was on the train and I just you know when you start to have a panic attack and it all just kind of goes and you're like I can't lose it here mm -hmm. like I can't lose it here I just have to get from point A to point B where there's a bathroom stall that I can crunch up in I think the panic almost for me puts me more into that space yeah the panic of like don't do it don't have it here don't don't freak out here makes me freak out more yes and get there quicker actually yes <laughs> yeah that's exactly right i mean if you if you have panic attacks come to new york just to see how bad they can get oh, God. if you if you really want to see how bad it can get come to new york for just like a month and just see how long it takes you oh to really hit rock bottom. You think you know rock bottom? You don't. You Rock bottom is an acquaintance. All right? If you want to get fucked by rock bottom, this is the city for you. Is this a good commercial for New York City? <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to pull that quote <laughs> for <laughs> feeling like you want to move to New York. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. That... That should be the tagline for the city is like, New York City, you want to live here? We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Countdown to breakdown. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Go back to Texas. <laughs> Another thing is like making friends out here. We could do a whole episode on making friends out here, honestly, because I haven't made any. <laughs> you don't. It's hard to make friends when you're an adult anywhere. But I don't I did look it up because I don't know how people make friends in your 20s. Um, this is from a guide for your 20s dot com. Pretty on the nose with these Google searches. 
the picture is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> it's someone with a hu- this huge moving box, bigger than her. She looks happy about it, I guess. And then if you scroll down, is the saddest photo you've ever seen in your life of a guy just sitting in a row of benches staring at the sky. <laughs> it's so sad. So the the tips they give are face your fears. Most people, when they're moving to a new city where they won't be accepted or that everyone will already be buddied up or coupled up and won't be open to adding another person. All true, by the way. If you're worried about all this, you are correct. (laughs) This person says it's important to be realistic. You're not going to pop up with a boatload of friends in the first few weeks or even the first few months after you arrive in your new city. It'll take time, effort, courage and repetition. That's the best. That is the best advice I've heard about making friends. You're just going to have to keep putting yourself out there. You lost me at repetition. You lost me at repetition. <laughs> I'm I can out. do the first two. <laughs> but you can do you can do courage and effort for one. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can be brave for a day and then I'm going to tap out for a couple weeks <laughs> before trying again. It's like I mean it's like dating. You have to treat it like dating. They do have I think that's this might even be in this article. They have something called Bumble BFF. My sister's done it and made a bunch of friends that she loves. How did that work out for her? I tried again. Did I only, it work? I only did the one. Okay, well. I met up with one girl. We hung out for like a couple weeks. We did working out in the park, which was awesome. Oh. We did another workout that was like a different park. Uh, we went out. Our like significant others met each other. Wow. We worked out twice. And then one time she asked me to do something and I was so tired. I didn't I didn't want to do anything. She never talked to me again. <laughs> you have to keep that momentum going <laughs> exactly. with new friends. You have to be up for it. You have to be up for it. The last new friend I made who became like a staple in my life, I think was made right before I broke up with my ex-fiance. We were like starting to become friends. And then I was going through a breakup. That's the best time to make a new friend oh no and then another close friend of mine we got close um when i went through another breakup Mm -hmm. like that's the best time to make friends if you are going through a difficult time and you're broken up a great time to put yourself out there and make a bunch of friends because you've already had your heart stomped on so you're not worried about breaking it further it's broken it's shattered it's in pieces it's a taylor swift song (laughs) so to then go out and get rejected by like I don't know, a barista <laughs> who's an acquaintance of yours in your neighborhood. Who cares? You didn't want to build a life with them. You just wanted someone to go to coffee with. It doesn't matter. You're really, weirdly, you're great at being rejected after a breakup because you've been rejected in the worst way possible. I think that's why people rebound um, because you're like, well, that's what I thought was going to work. I'll do anything now. <laughs> I will try any situation, even if it doesn't seem ideal. Uh, fine. Who yeah. cares? It's whatever. Like, you are so much more open-minded to going on dates you might not be excited about, entering into relationships or situationships, or going to coffee with a friend or someone you don't know. Also because you're trying not to think of how much pain you're in. 
Absolutely. And the fact that like, I don't know if this resonates, but I feel like in relationships, you try every day you're trying. Yes. Especially at the beginning, you're like trying to act like you're a perfect person. But then once you even get past that, you're just every day is you trying. Mm -hmm. And so if that with you giving your best and it doesn't work out, you're like, well, I'm going to stop trying on everything. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I felt that so hard. This podcast is great because you're also watching me become friends with Brianna, <laughs> which was like 30% of the reason I started this podcast. Once I talked to her on the phone, I was like, well, me and Brianna are going to be friends. So that's like one friend I have here. <laughs> That'll be my first two. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Oh, my God. It's so hard. Um, this this article, to get back to a guide to your 20s, figure out what types of friends you do want. This is actually, I think, a good tip. Do you want high buy friends? So like acquaintances, people like coworkers, classmates, team members, you know, people you'd stop and say hi and bye to on a regular basis. Conversations light and brief. Okay. That sounds like you could have that with anyone. That sounds like you could have it with strangers. Yeah. Next one's casual friends, people you hang out with during social functions. You typically meet them at bars, concerts, sporting events. To me, that sounds like a coworker. Granted, I don't have a real job. So feel free to write in and correct me. Um, and then there's true friends or best friends. These are your ride or die BFFs, close relationship. They feel like family. I am not good at casual friends. And I know you're supposed to have, what's that thing, that like loose ties thing? That's like important to have a network of loose ties. Yep. I am not good at having casual friendships. In the same way, I'm not good at having casual relationships. I I just don't feel like I have enough time. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to spend time on a person, like, they got to be in it. Of course. But I wish I was less like that. I wish I was someone who could sort of branch out more socially and casually. Here's why I think Bumble BFF or something like that would be great. Finding somebody else who's also like, I just moved here. That's a pretty strong bond, I feel like, yeah. that could lead to a real friendship is if you're both like in it and you can, you know, bond through it, bond through <laughs> it. Like I had a friend who was sort of working on moving here for a relationship and the relationship didn't work out, unfortunately, but we met up for like coffee and it was so helpful for me, at least, um, to just hear another person go like yeah some days i'm like what am i doing here like i don't i don't have a routine here i'm trying to find like my spots i'm trying to find what i like i, I don't know who i am out here like place has a lot to do with your sense of self i think almost almost as much as your job absolutely because if you're not comfortable where you live you feel you just you feel cut off from everything including who you are that's the thing it opens up some like well if i don't know who i am here maybe i don't know who i am anywhere and, and then like mm. you just like spiral off of it mm -hmm. uh i moved a lot growing up as a kid like all mm -hmm. the time we were moving every couple years it's ingrained in my dna to expect change every so often this is the longest place I've been since I was like 18. And like, I think you're always also just fighting off <laughs> your traumas and your things from your past and 
Um, but yeah, I, I think finding another person who's in a similar situation as you yes. helps you bond through that process. And I just don't think that that was one of my biggest issues is I didn't really find that at the beginning. And now I'm so almost used to not having friends, which sounds weird. It's almost like every once in a while I realize how unhealthy that is. Well, and that's why people become friends with coworkers because that's what they have in common. You can mm-hmm. complain about your boss. You can complain about your job. I mean, we both work with or do the same job as our partners, Brianna and I. So we always have something to talk to them about, mm-hmm. almost to a fault, where I'm sure there are times you're like, can we talk about something other than work? And you're like, we don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when your job is something like this, you know, whether it's for me, stand up, for you, podcasting, you are social at work. Yeah. Your whole job is talking to people. So you don't really feel the need to like go out and find other people to have more conversations with. Absolutely. Like when I have free time, it's because I'm in New York and there aren't as many demands on me out here. And I, I totally romanticized that before I got out here. I was like, I'm going to love having full days in New York city (laughs) to myself. Mm -hmm. That's, this is the place you can do that. Like you can walk everywhere. You can just, have coffee at a cafe and it'll be beautiful and then i had a day like that and i was so sad i I just walked for six hours by myself i got there were like four blocks it might have been more that i walked too close to two people who seemed like coworkers or something Mm -hmm. because i could hear their conversation And I kept my headphones in so I wouldn't look like I was listening to them. But I was so lonely that I I was like trying to listen to their conversation. Just like give myself something to do and just be like, I don't even know. I would like I was that desperate. (laughs) And it's why people love radio and podcasts and even why people love like vloggers and TikTokers. It's someone consistent Mm -hmm. for them to hang out with. Yeah. Even if it's one-sided, which is another reason I wanted to do this podcast, is like, I know a lot of people feel like this. I know a lot of people are sad in their city because they're new to it or they're going to college and it's not what they thought it was going to be or they moved home and they're like, I don't want to be home, but this is where I'm at financially right now. Or they want to move somewhere else because they don't feel like themselves where they are. Or they're just having trouble making friends as adults because their friends are like, moving to other places or they're moving on and getting married and having kids like i am already bracing myself for my friends to have kids and my siblings (laughs) to get married and have kids because then you lose them to their people yep and so i i hope that this podcast makes people feel less isolated and less alone i think it'll make me selfishly feel less isolated and less alone we should have just called this podcast isolated but I didn't think it would play as well. It's not as fun. Sad in the city. It's like, ooh, which one are you? Sad Miranda? Sad Charlotte? Um, we all want to be sad Carrie, but we can't be. Um, and I, I just, I would like to be, I would like to be that that person for you if you are feeling lonely. I will say that New York City, I've always said this to anybody who will listen, is in my time that I've been here, has been the highest of highs 
and the lowest of lows. Mm -hmm. Previous to this, I felt like I lived like a pretty consistent lifestyle. Things were normal. There were good days and bad days, but it wasn't to the extremes that it is in in here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something you find in probably when you move away from your normal space. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know New York has its own special challenges that come with it, but I think in general, cities across the United States, you'll find that it's just like, because you're trying different things, so you're bound to like fail at some of those things. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It makes you feel sometimes just so lonely and so sad but then you're also trying other things and it's a success yeah. or you start a new business or you go out on a limb because you're trying to be this different type of person and it actually works out yeah and so then you are really hitting all the highs and all the lows yeah you're either on top of the world or you are underground literally you're either in the empire state building <laughs> or in the subway stuck under the water i mean i felt like this went great for our first episode how are you feeling about it? We prepared too much. I'm like, we have another episode in us <laughs> that we prepared for. Again, I'm going to say this. I'm just so happy because I'm a fan of yours. So I get to see this before everybody. And I'm just like, it's like a front row seat. I, I'm so happy. So it's yeah, a front row seat it. where I make you work. <laughs> it's like, this would be like if you had a front row seat, but I'm like, you need to do a lot of the show. <laughs> also, I'll do this work over all the other jobs I've had <laughs> my entire life. <laughs> Much better. Well, I'm very excited uh, to be going on this journey with you, Brianna. And um, yeah, I hope everybody likes it. And please, I'm sure we'll get like an email going. And do we have an email? I've done everything. You've so done we- Brianna's done everything. <laughs> Brianna is the fucking best. I only like working with other people who Kelsey Delaney and I who did self-helpless together also felt like this where everybody was like the leader of the group project in middle school. Mm -hmm. That's the energy you have. Thank you. I'm a control freak and it shows, I guess. I love you. You're the best. So what is our email? So it's sadinthecitypod at gmail.com and then all the social media handles, sadinthecitypod, Uh, TikTok, just in case one day we feel the energy. Amazing. Well, at least we have them. I don't know. We if we're should absolutely post put it on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, we should put it on my TikTok at the very least. A hundred percent. But they're there. You should definitely go check them out. Yeah. I'm very excited. Email us if you have stories about you being sad in a city, the city, your city, this city, any city. And if you have questions and uh, yeah, we're both really excited. I think it'll be fun. We'll do guests. We'll do solo pods. Uh, and uh, yay. Thanks, guys. Oh, 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 oh,